Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Hey, dude, look, you know, tomorrow is election day. I started drinking like on Saturday, so don't expect much. Oh my god. Never do. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> set him up, I knock him down. I mean, yeah, yeah, like, I know. I'm you like, know, I'm like Steph back here draining threes. I mean, I can't. Well, that wasn't a th- that wasn't even a three. That was me handing you the ball as you did the layup. I mean, like it. I was, I like, man, I I rolled the red, red carpet out for you for that one. <laughs> Are we done yet? I thought we even started. Welcome to the continued podcast adventures of Superhero Speak. But I think many of the people that love this character and that love superheroes in general have used these stories as inspiration to say, you know what? I'm going to do something good in the world. I'm going to make a difference like my hero when I was a kid. That is my fondest memory of it because when, you, when you're doing comic books, you want them to affect people, right? You want people to care. You want, you want to strike emotions. And I knew that that clone saga was striking a lot of emotions. Can you imagine uh, Pulp Fiction starring Goofy and uh, Mickey Mouse? I can totally imagine that. You I'm sure somebody's written that one pounder with cheese and France, Mickey? <laughs> what? <laughs> Boy, hell, with cheese, Mickey. Yeah. I can totally see. I, I, would, I would watch the hell out of that movie. Yes, I gladly saw, sacrifice that my, my progeny to you, almighty Marvel beast. <laughs> <laughs> but Neil Adams is somewhere going, hmm? it's, it's my time. Uh, <laughs> How do you measure success? You hey, everyone. You're listening to Superhero <laughs> Speak. Uh, John is stepping all over my intro. Absolutely, damn it. Jesus. <laughs> and I'm your host, Dave. Because we're professional here, and I'm John. Whatever, JD. Jesus, my <laughs> ears are just blown out. <clears throat> well, uh, wait, oh, that, that wasn't me, though, right? That was fighting like, over airtime. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Ah. Uh, well, since yeah. since you were fighting for airtime, John, you must have something really important to share with our audience. How are you doing? I've got nothing. I've literally got nothing. Like, like I don't. I have. I have so nothing. It's in the negative zone. I, I really don't have anything until after the election, and then my brain will engage again. We're, we're so. recording on Monday night, so right. You know, by, by the time you listen to this, something will have happened. Yes, and if you're listening to this in a foxhole, good luck, guys. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that. How's your foxhole, JD? Oh, I'm I'm okay. Had Halloween over here this weekend. Yeah. Did you, you guys see the video? My little boy was a transformer. Yes. My wife and I were up all night building a bumblebee costume. That was uh, very cool. It was. We had to watch a video from and it had no audio. It was just like music. I used one of those YouTube videos. It's demo, like, a, like a tutorial with just music. I'm like, why couldn't they put like words to this? And she's like, because it's from Taiwan. And I went, oh, okay. So we <laughs> shut up and just watched and tried to mimic and reinforced with a lot of tape. The kid loved it. So it was good. It was a good, it was a successful Halloween. And you were uh, Optimus Hair? I was Optimus Hair, yes. <laughs> Andy wanted me to be Optimus Prime. He had a mask, and uh, my wife and I have a bunch of Transformer masks because he likes Transformers. So I slapped both those on, and we were Transformers. There you go. You can see did, how long my hair is. Did, uh, did you get a lot of candy? We didn't go trick or treating. We did a, a scavenger hunt around because we got the new house about you know three quarter acre. Yeah. So we did like a, a scavenger hunt around the around the property, and that's awesome. You know, he found <clears throat> my wife bought like five little transformer guys for him, and a bunch of candy and stuff like that. So it was just uh, him. It was just us and his grandparents. So it was a good time. Oh, that is that is cool. And, yeah, there wasn't many trick or treaters around us. Again, we're a pretty small town, but uh, 
Yeah, we didn't have many. Not no, I, kids. A lot of old I, people. I didn't. I didn't put. I didn't give out candy this year because I've got. I've got problems that yes. if oh, I caught it. Yeah. If, if I, well, yeah. But if, if I, if I caught it, it would, there, there are people on my street that were still giving out candy. Um, there are people on my street that don't believe in COVID. Um, but uh, what I was looking out the windows and there was maybe a 10th of, you know, what there used, what there was last year. So yeah, I and some people, some people put out the, the, the tables with the small bags of candy and such. Yeah. I don't know if my neighborhood is just because we just moved here over the summer. So I don't know if, it, there doesn't seem to be a lot of kids in the neighborhood, but I also don't know how much of it is COVID related and how much of it is just small town with like small town, old people in the neighborhood kind of a mm. thing. So I don't know. It's, it's definitely different though. Yeah. I mean, it's funny cause I don't get trick or treaters. I never have. Really? Um, yeah. Cause I'm on a real busy, sh- I'm on one of the main throughways in the Northeast and um, there's only three twins on our block. And then, you know, and then it's because then there's like no houses, along Cotman anywhere else so it's like go around the corner up and down the street there's you know lots of houses lots of kids all every year but they don't make that turn to get hit these houses and you know and all the neighbors have you know the our neighbors said it when we moved in it's like yeah you're not going to get any trick-or-treaters and they were right and uh you you can save money yeah well i go and spend that money on my uh grandkids they jack the prices up on candy Oh, oh yeah yeah like and now we're now I got to eat all this candy and I feel terrible. <laughs> that was that was one of the other reasons I didn't buy because usually I buy way more than I need, but then I can be I, I I work with developers. I can just bring in the whatever's left to the developers and they'll you know the sharks will hunt. Yeah, we work but, from uh, home. I'm not even seeing kids right now, so it's I, like yeah, ugh. that's the problem. So you so you you doubly whammied. You buy candy, nobody shows up, and then you can't even bring it into work. So yeah, I work for myself, <laughs> and that guy's a jerk. Yeah, bring me whatever I want. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I spent it with my uh, daughter and granddaughters. And they, they did this. Huh? What they dress as? Uh, well, my, my, my daughter did uh, low maintenance costumes this year. They were all cats. and But it's just like she just got them because uh, they're twins. They got She got them these robes that have hoods on them that have little cat faces on the hoods. You know, and then they had T-shirts on it said "I'm a cat," and you know. How old are they? Two. I can get away with that at two. Yes, hmm. yeah. we did. Uh, when Andy was two, we did uh, Daniel Tiger for him, and my mother-in-law made like mom and dad tiger hats for us, so we all wore them. And it was the first time he went trick or treating, and he did three houses and saw all the little kids dressed up, and then proceeded to go, "I want to be Tony Stark now," and he ripped off his. Had his little uh, Daniel Tiger <laughs> and ran up another street going, psh, 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 and that's all he wanted to do. So two, two was not a not the best trick or treating year for us. Yeah, yeah, and then and it, my my daughter and son in law had knitted hats that had cat ears on them, um, but they just did a you know they did a candy hunt in the house and that was it. And then they put a bowl of candy outside for kids. Yeah, we did the same thing. Yeah, See, again, if I put out a bowl of candy in front of my house. Like last year, um, yeah, I made the mistake of not staying right next to the bowl, especially towards the end. And this group of teenagers went by and I said, hey, why don't you go grab an extra one for yourself? Because I want to get rid of some more of it. And of course, they went in and cleaned. Yeah, I I, I walked back down from talking to the neighbors and everything was gone. Well, you (laughs) told them to. Yeah, 
people talk about like that's a bad thing. I mean, like that's in my mind, then you win. Like you've gotten rid of all your candy. That's no, there were still trick or treaters. Well, they they then you don't they, answer the door. Yeah, it's then just you risk the trick. Yeah, I know. I should, but I, if I had been there, they would have. Yeah, either way, that defeats the purpose of the bowl. If you're there, my dad was doing that in the '80s, man. The whole leaving the bowl because he was lazy. Leave the bowl out and not answer the door. <laughs> and the same thing would happen. And my mom would yell and I'm like, but little did she know that he was actually like 30 years ahead of his time. <laughs> yes, so true. Um, yeah, so I guess that was everyone's Halloween. I, I've come, I'm shocked that kids even go anywhere near your house, John, and they're not like, ah. Oh, that's old man O'Grady's house. Avoid it. Treat it like the house in it. <laughs> you ever hear of Playmores? The big Scottish shorts? No, no. Playmores. I got nothing else. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what a claymore is, right? Now I'm not I talking about the I'm not talking about the sword. I'm talking about the landmine. Landmine, right. Yes. So play playmores no. are the the paint gun version of claymores. Uh-huh. You lay landmines for kids with paintballs? Get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to backfire. <laughs> this, this week's Superhero Speak brought to you by personal injury attorneys. <laughs> brought to you from the state penitentiary. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, have you been blow, Have you had paint blown up on John O'Grady's lawn? You, too, may be owed compensation. <laughs> did, uh, did either of you watch any good TV shows this week? I watched one television show this weekend that wasn't a cartoon. And it was pretty damn good. What was it? The Mandalorian, episode one. Uh-huh. Oh, oh well, good. Oh, well, you, Dave was fishing for his segue. Yes, Dave buries the lead. It's what he does. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Dave. Go ahead. No, I'm just, I was just going to say, so So we all watched The Mandalorian, right? John, you watched it. Yeah. Okay. And we all enjoyed it? I yeah. did. Okay. I loved it. Best um, Star Wars thing. That's the best Star I, Wars thing since. I am, oh, yeah. Over. They're I, killing it. I am so shocked that people were confused by the end of the episode. Okay, so I, I was a little bit. I didn't realize that that was who it was. How could first. you? I mean, it looked like him. Because I don't, it does look like him. When I figured it out, except he wasn't, when I, I have not seen him in 20 years, roughly. Yeah. He wasn't bald and he's a little heavier now. And when I, because I had to go to IMDb, I'm like, who, I think, who is that? And I checked, and I'm like, oh, of course that's who that was. Mm-hmm. So when but, I saw, when I saw it, when I knew it, I got it, but I didn't know before. But why? It, can we can we talk about it like spoilers okay uh, uh, yeah that's fine spoilers. okay spo- spoilers right oh we're throwing so, the show format out the window let's do it okay. yeah yeah <laughs> um so what why didn't he get the armor if he had been in the area or did he what did or is this one of those star wars confluence of 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 happenstances where he just happened so, to finally he, get there to, to get his armor and there there it goes with i think the, he dumped the armor Mando. yes i agree i think that he got rid of it I think he decided he was done with that uh, aspect of his life because there well, is much eaten de- by a sarlacc and uh, there is not much eaten by a sarlacc. Clearly, there is much debate in the Star Wars community: is is Boba Fett a Mandalorian? I think the answer is clearly no. Hmm. Boba Fett's a clone. Jango Fett may in fact have been a Mandalorian. Right. He's been he's been knocking around in, the, in his old man's knockoff armor for the last. 25 years or you know probably 20 oh that's years right that he, and he, he might never have been inducted into the yeah he does uh, not know the way because boba fett never goes this is the way and what a mandalorian from what we know of mando would a mandalorian actually be a bounty hunter working for dudes like job of the hut maybe i don't know mando don't know. was a bounty hunter that but it's different though like you know like it's all this is the way and the building of the armor it didn't seem like boba fett gave a crap what his armor looked like you know right 
It was like a Pinto. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Half, half of it was Bondo. And uh, yeah, it's <laughs> like, but, um, but yeah, yeah. Well, it, again, the timeline, like I said, it's, uh, I mean, he was brought up by a clone. Uh, and even if the, even if, even if the original was, was a Mandalorian, he wasn't brought up that way. Not, not that we saw in the, in the prequels. Right. So Django Fett may have been a Mandalorian. Right. We right. don't, we don't really know. We've, all we know about Django Fett is that he liked money and was totally cool palling around with a mini me. Hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and then he got his head cut off. I mean, is it just me or is the whole episode setting up the explanation of how Boba Fett is still alive? I don't know if I didn't feel that way because I totally bought that he was dead. Because when the marshal steps in, you're like, is that? No, it isn't. Yeah. But how? And then they explain it. And so I just assumed, okay, Boba Fett did in fact get eaten by the Sarlacc. And the Jawas just picked up the armor. Right. But then they talk about, oh, it's an abandoned Sarlacc pit. And, and Mando's like, there's no but such that was, thing. That wasn't the original Sarlacc pit. Yeah, that wasn't the Sarlacc pit, though. Right. The Sarlacc but, pit's a lot smaller. But, and, and, and there was no, um, there was no mountain mountains. Mountains, yeah. But the, but the marshal explained that, you know, the Sarlacc pit can be abandoned if the Sarlacc is, you know, killed. Yeah. So it's possible. I mean, they definitely laid some groundwork into that and made it work in mm-hmm. terms of a story. I like the fact that we've used the, the Star Wars sandworms before the Dune movie came out. Crucial. And because uh, they've had them, they've always been in the Star Wars universe. They just never use it. Right. Um, I, I was actually wondering when Disney got the license for Tremors. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they actually had the final Tremors um, sequel movie like on this week. This weekend, I think it came out on Netflix, huh. um, and it, they they finally killed off Burt Gummer. So, is that Michael Gross's character? Yeah, yeah. They finally killed him off. Like he's dead. Thirty. Now. Speaking of thirty years, yeah, it's been about yeah. thirty years. That first yeah. movie's great. I never saw any of the others, but I really enjoy the original. So they, they were up and down. They yeah, were, I mean, I like I like the first one. Like I don't know, I don't. I've never enjoyed a direct to video sequel to a horror movie. Mm-hmm. I always like it's easier to pretend they don't exist. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. Getting back to my my point, the oh, fact sorry. that Mando got eaten by the dragon cool. and then survives, and there people are trying to make the argument that he survived because of his armor, and if Boba Fett was wearing the armor, lo and behold, he, that's how he survived the Sarlacc. So bit. I looked at that as like a, um, let's call this the Geppetto theorem. <laughs> so much smaller than him without getting chewed up he's just hanging out in his belly until he's slowly digested much like 3po speaks of the star like well you will slowly be digested well well yeah but the, but those worms don't slide slowly digest you saw him spitting out like stomach acid and it was like very just, true just very like true those guys were going down faster than that guy in that uh, robocop <laughs> bobby um yeah yeah that's true uh i don't know like yeah i mean like that would make perfect sense if you're right dave there's a lot of there's a lot of that movie does a lot of that episode does explain how boba fett could have survived but i think they did it well enough in context of the story oh yeah no no i I won't i'm not going to disagree with that um so now we gotta wonder if he's going to show up again oh yeah you don't do that and not bring the guy back oh of course and someone else pointed out when he's walking away at the end of the episode, you hear Spurs. And remember in season one, um, what was it? I can't remember who it was. There's that scene where... Oh, whoever it was that picked up the woman that died in the middle yes, of the... Yeah, yeah, picked up the woman. The, the same. You hear that that's the same sound of the walking. So. Yeah, what's, her, what's her name? The, the woman was played by... Oh, I forget her name from uh, 
from uh, Agents of Shield. She was from Agents of Shield. Uh, I've completely forgotten what you guys are talking about. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, season one, the, the two of them on the uh, on Tatooine. Ah, anyway, it's not important. It Seems, probably is if if they use that same sound effect. Yeah, it's that's definitely right. Done that, right, they're saying that was Boba Fett as well. Um, because it makes sense to build me, up to a conflict between yeah. the Mandalorian and Boba Fett. Yeah. I mean, like it just writes itself. Yeah, it was Ming Na Wen, by the way. Oh, oh, oh! Ming, okay. Ming Na Wen, her. who plays Melinda May. Yes, she yes. was that. She was that other bounty hunter that yes, killed him. Yes, yes. about yes. that. Yep, yep, yep. The yeah. Calvary. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my God! How do we forget about that? Um, it's been a long year, brother. Yeah, and it's not <laughs> even over yet. I know it's been a long year. All right, all right. So now here is my hot take for the week: The Mandalorian is a much better space western than should I say it? Sure. Firefly oh, ever could be. You're, you're, yeah, you're yeah, right. No, you're right. Hundred percent. It's much better than Firefly. No, it's not. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> How the it's way hell? better. It's way better. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying neither one of them I, is bad. But no, neither Firefly am I. Was... Neither am I. Firefly is a good show, but Firefly is also an incomplete show. Firefly holds like this oh. cult-like status because it was canceled in the Durf, first season. Like you, you can't even compare. It. Like a, as far as like a like a cultural level, art level, a script like writing level, The Mandalorian is a far superior show to Firefly. Far, far. Yeah, I do. do. <laughs> Ah, I think John just bit through his tongue. I think, he, I think I just blew a gasket. Ah, okay. Yes. I'm still shocked when I watch it how, like, all of that's virtual. Video walls, man. All those backgrounds, all the, it's, like, amazing. We did this a couple weeks ago where I, where I did my rant about how Star Wars has always been on the forefront of technology. And I think that's part of the problem with the new trilogy is that it's very much of its time instead of pushing because Star Wars movies, like technically speaking, should always push. And now the yeah. Mandalorian is, is pushing again. It's on the forefront of, of film technology. So it's 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 a welcome change. John Favreau might I know we wanted JJ Abrams to be the Steven Spielberg of of his era, but it's John Favreau. Let's be real. Yeah, Let's you're right. Real. You're right. Because JJ Abrams turned out to be not as great as everybody thought he was. He's good. He's not a bad director by any stretch of the imagination. John Favreau's just a lot better. Well, yeah. John Favreau has a feeling for the story and the characters, whereas like like Spielberg, J.J. Yeah. Abrams is all is all about the sets mm-hmm. and 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 the lens flares. Let's let's. Well, that's, that, that's fine. I think that the J.J. Abrams is just like a, a classier Michael Bay. I yeah, think, true. Th- yeah, right. It, it's the visuals, right? Minus the explosions, but it's all about the visuals. Visuals. Yeah. I think Abrams is good at at coming up with a good idea, Basically. setting up a good story, but. Sticking the landing, I think, is his. Problem. You know, I kind of agree with that. I think a lot of his movies have suffered from that. Super, going back to like Super Eight, sticking everything but the beginning is probably. I mean, like, I'm sorry that the Star Wars reboot just it just sucked. I mean, I don't know, but I don't know. I enjoyed it, but I I definitely liked Mandalorian a lot more. I think Mandalorian Mandalorian does what everybody wanted from a Star Wars movie. I think I think we we told ourselves we wanted a continuation of the original trilogy. What we really wanted was someone to do something new, but in familiar world. Right. And that's again, what Mandalorian's giving us. Right. But, and that, and that's what, that's what it, it comes back to the fact yeah. that Favreau has a feeling for the characters and, you know, and he, he's bringing the history in and he's, he's making it a continuation of the greater star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it feels familiar and it works the way you think it should. And he's also introducing new stuff, which makes sense. It feels Whereas like a, Abrams yeah. would just 
overlay it with explosions. Yeah, and May- Abrams was very much about drawing parallels to the original trilogy, whereas uh, whereas Favreau's done the salad bar thing. He's grabbed things here and there while really doing his own story. Well, he, yeah, he's living in the oh. universe and making his story and yeah. putting his stories in the universe, whereas J.J. Abrams would just make it do whatever he thought it wanted. Yeah, and I think that uh, I think that um, I think I had a good point that I lost. <laughs> well, while you try to find it. We're going to take our first commercial break, and we'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Damn you, O'Grady. Did you, did, did you find it? No, Sorry. it's gone. It's gone? Completely oh, gone. Man. It's all John's fault. You know what might bring it back? A little social media madness. Or, or maybe a mute button for him to hit when I'm... <laughs> <laughs> ranting <laughs> uh, so, sorry man Would, you, you can kill me again in one of your uh, one of your books if you want I got a Kickstarter mm-hmm. coming out in like the late late winter early spring I better be killing you again okay, for fair enough all right all right because the, the precedent's been set oh, okay all right so we had <laughs> talked about uh, the boys and, we will, uh, we will this is now a boys show yes we talk about the boys every week this is the anti boys show yes um, I can go in a lot of ways uh and of course, last week uh, we had um, Rich and Joe on, and they, you know, they talked about the boys. It seemed like they were trying to convince me that maybe I was wrong, but they also at the end said, you know, it's, maybe it's not for everyone. Um, to which uh, Teak Lore said, "Season two sucked." So, huh? I'm not the only one, and and uh, and then I had to bring this up. So, of course, I also had put the article on the website promoted it on on twitter and we did get some feedback you know um, you know that dave feels strong about something when he takes the time to write his thoughts down like yep. i know it takes a lot to get you to like express them like in written form and I, <sighs> that's when i realized how like passionate you were about this subject uh so sergio augusto said not to be offensive but i think you're approaching the show from a wrong perspective supers aren't heroes they started as a Nazi super soldier program, but after the third Reich went south, they became a product. Hooray for capitalism. The show is a brilliant critique. So he didn't read my article. No. <laughs> because in my article, I explain that's the problem is that superheroes should be something that you look up to. Yeah. And there's no one in the show to look up to. Uh, so, yeah. Well, is that think- the point of the boys, though? Yes, that is the point of the boys. And you cannot like the point. Yes, like you can understand art. You can un, you can get what the artist is trying to say. You can respect what they're doing and completely understand it and go, I don't like it. Yes, which is exactly what I did. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, I I just I'm astounded. This is like one of the most controversial. Is a weird overused term, but I mean, like it has created controversy. Like this is definitely we're like a month into our boys talk, and we're still we still make time to talk about it every week. It's, fascinating uh nerds chatting uh movies tv comics uh replied with um butcher gif saying boom what he means by that uh prince humperdink said (laughs) sorry didn't like the show for those reasons listed oh didn't like the show for those reasons listed you'll hate the source material the show is tame compared to the comic yeah no shit um Millennial Mike's uh, hyped for Monster Hunter said, make sure Man United 0710 sees this. Uh, That must be a a personal joke between them. Uh, Return of the Parademons number 44 said, he ain't lying. 
isn't it weird people make would make inside jokes on your threads? Uh-huh. Mm. And then uh so long farewell off leaders in Yes. Uh so, oh, just gave us another butcher gift saying they're effing. Um, so long, farewell, off the sink goodbye. What's that from, John? That's from Sound of Music. Thank you. <laughs> How did you know John was going to know that? Because I know John. Be- because I'm the one that likes all the musicals. Yeah. I would know, I'm not insulting John. I knew John would know that. That's hmm. why you like ABBA? Yeah, pretty this much. This was a pre-show discussion. We went deep mm-hmm. on ABBA. <laughs> me, being, me thinking they're kind of... And John taking up the sword for ABBA. Because um, I said the, the Beach Boys were better. Controversial statement of the night. So, so I'm sure there'll be more on the on the boys later on. Uh, I'm working on another article for the, the website. Not boys related, though. I was going to say, really? You have more to say on this subject? Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on, uh, we had on Tatiana Maslany uh, denying that she's playing She-Hulk. Uh, blood, bloody, knuckles? bloody Knuckles? Oh, jeez. Bloody Knuckles said, I wasn't a fan of the casting anyway, so it's a good thing, I guess. I don't know anyone who said that. Yeah. You're the guy that doesn't like the boys. Everyone's got a, everyone's got a hot take. <laughs> every, yeah, every, but... every article I've seen has, that, that before she denied it and all that, every, every comment I had seen was like, yes, this is great, you know? Yes, but I'm right about the boys, and Bloody Knuckles is wrong about She-Hulk. You don't like it, Bloody Knuckles? Get your own show. Ah, ah, there you go. Uh, and we talked about, of course, the triumphant return of Animaniacs. Oh, cannot. To which Townwap, that one nerd with, is, it's at that one nerd with, said, Honestly, Honestly their movements and their lip sync look slightly off, and the lines are too thin, and the mansplainy bit... Uh, no, yeah, get that yeah. shit out of here I love them but the old show's still exience which isn't a word and as far as it's funny I'm a happy camper I, I heard that they, that they there was one co- there were a couple of comments I saw about the mansplaining thing it's like this is, they've got a liberal viewpoint now it's like, <laughs> it's like turning into I mean come on <laughs> uh, I, mean, I mean it was uh, it was such a weird giant critique off of a one minute preview video i mean we are we are on twitter yeah uh well they know which, everything don't you know that Dave? i mean they, to which they jd do. replied with a eye roll gif from stanley. the office stanley from the office yeah. um uh the, the the whoever runs the superhero speak twitter uh <laughs> replied with a minion going blah 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 isn't that you, uh, isn't that, isn't that you? <laughs> oh, oh did i just out you oh oh no <laughs> To which Townwap replied, why the F did you ask then? I said, I still like it. Uh, I love yeah. the fact that people can criticize and do whatever on our pages, but if you respond, all of a sudden it's an attack. Yes. Uh, <sighs> and again, it was just so weird. Like, he went off. For what? You don't, We don't even know anything yet. Right. We haven't seen an episode yet. We saw a, a fun little preview that was put together. Like, that was a, a parody of Jurassic Park. Of all things. A genius parody of Jurassic Park. It's yeah. like, really? Uh, anyway. And they can't be mansplaining because they're not men. Anyway. Uh, Even the woman of the trio is not a man. Well, they're not They're not humans. I don't know what they are. They don't even know. They never tell us what they are. They're the Warners. Exactly. 
the the Warners and the sis the Warner sister, <laughs> um, and her pet. And then finally, we pet. did do a list uh, not that long ago of our favorite villains of all time. It and and we did get a couple responses to this. Uh, MD Courant Cornot C O U R N O T. I got nothing on that one. Yeah, I don't. I'm uh, sorry. It must mean something to you. Um, of course, gave us a gif of uh, the one and the only Doctor Doom. The superhero squad, Doctor Doom. A well, great, of course. A great interpretation of Doctor Doom. <laughs> the best Doctor Doom. And then uh, geek to me Radio said, probably Darth Vader, which... Hard to argue. Yeah, did we even... Yeah, I think Don did, didn't we? No. God, none of us picked Darth Vader? None of us picked Darth Vader. Jeez, uh. we suck as nerds. Damn. <laughs> Well, John would have picked him if he was here. Right, John? I was there. <laughs> Didn't you? Or No, no, no I picked, no, Don, that's, I picked it the there. next week after, right? Okay. Don, yes. Don was there that week. Yes. Okay. Yes, you were the next week after. Yeah, if so, I had, had five seconds to think about it. but so, And you just yeah. picked Tim Curry as all well, your favorite. Yeah, films. because Tim Curry right. is like every villain. <laughs> Tim Curry. Yeah. So, Dave, I've put some consideration into your assertion that the super, that the, uh, this version of Doctor Doom, the Superhero Squad version, is in fact the best version. And after careful consideration, I have to agree. It is the <laughs> most successful and best done interpretation of Doctor Doom. How sad is that? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Besides the comic version. Well, yeah, I mean, like a version of him, you know, like that is Doctor Doom, like a different version of Doctor I mean, other than that, maybe like the 1981 Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Like, yeah. Why, how, how do they... How does everyone keep effing up Dr. Doom? That's a good question. He's one of the oldest villains, too. He's one of the greatest villains. I mean, like, he's one of Marvel's top five villains, right? Yes. How how can this not have been done right? Mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. When you say done right, like, the last um, Marvel Secret Wars, he was the one that, like, took the power of all the Beyonders and created a new universe. No, no, no. So. He's talking, talking about, about like, like um, media interpretations of the character. Like fan oh, four oh. stick version of, yeah. uh, Oh like God, any, no. Any of the oh, movies God. or cartoon no. shows or anything. That's what I'm saying. Like, well, well, probably uh, the one that's the best one outside of the initial doom, the original, the real, the true doom. Yeah. No, no. Doom. Yeah. Well, I mean, Fox was going to mess it up no matter what they, you know, they, they messed it up twice. So <laughs> three, three times, three. Well, yeah, but only two Dr. Tombs, right? There were, I'll count Roger Corman in there. Oh yeah, no. If you no, if you count Roger Corman, Roger Corman one was better. Like the, it's the best of the three. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's still not, it's still not good though. Right, but it's, I mean, like, it's way he talks better. like this. <laughs> I mean, you can't hear what he's saying. Like, they had a budget of like five dollars. They, right. they, they did. They did. You guys and, can... and let's let let's be honest. Bane sounded the same way in in the Batman movie. You guys continue arguing about this is true about Doctor Doom. <laughs> And our audience can listen to our good friend D Square to tell us, to tell them, sorry, if they can be involved with social media madness so they can argue with us online. Madness. Enjoying the show? Want to be part of social media madness? Make sure you are following superherospeak.com where you can find all of the show's social media links at the top of the page. While you're there, you can check out old episodes of the podcast as well as some other great content. Check the site often, because we are posting some great comic reviews, as well as comic book and movie news content every day. Make sure and follow us on Twitter, at Superhero Speak. And while you're there, check out the rest of the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. 
You can follow them at stars underscore geek. The Geek World All-Star Podcast Network includes great programs such as the Pop Prison Power Podcast, Cult 45, So Wizard, Fans on Patrol, the Gorilla Brain Podcast, and of course, Superhero Speak. Search for hashtag GWAllStars. You will not be disappointed. Now, it's back to Dave and the boys on Superhero Speak. <laughs> Thank you, Don. And don't forget to check out the Omega Level Nerd Podcast? Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, it's a oh, podcast. It's a stream. They're multi-level. You can find them on Twitch, YouTube, and wherever your favorite podcasts are available. And on that note, we will take our second commercial break and we'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. All right. And we're back, boys and girls. And boy, we got some news. All right. Some news. Some news. A little bit. Well, we'll start with some sad news. There's some big news, actually. Uh, okay. Oh, I mean, like the the, the the lead story. That's big news. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so Sean Connery. 2020 strikes passed again. Passed away uh, at the age of 90. On 90's a good life, man. I didn't know he was that old. Yeah. Well, he was also Sean Connery, which was True. a good life no matter how many, True. How many years. <laughs> and he's been retired for uh, at least 20 10, years. 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. I think he stopped after, literally, I think his last movie was The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. That might be true, yes. That's kind of sad. Well, I think he was just like, I'm done with this shit, man. I don't get movies anymore. Yes. I mean, as, you know, I mean, a lot of people know him from James Bond, but of course his finest movie was Highlander. So my introduction to Sean, because I'm a little bit younger than you guys, my introduction to Sean Connery and what I will always think of him as is uh, Henry Jones Sr. I, I, w- yeah. I thought you were going to say the bear in the Avengers. Huh? You've, never, you've never, never seen not not the Avengers, the Avengers. <laughs> the fuck Don't are we talk- talking about? What's going on here? <laughs> you talk about up, that British look, go TV. Go into IMDb and look up the Avengers. You talk about oh, the, 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 the Ray Fiennes movie. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes, he was so a, he was a bear in the Avengers. <laughs> okay, no, I, was, I had a heartfelt <sighs> thing about Indiana Jones and, and the Last Crusade, and me and my dad bonding over it. But you know. I've, it's oh. gone. Moments passed. No, no, that was one of the. That was what you're right. That was one of his best ones. But uh, me being a little bit older than you, just a little bit. Uh, my first, the first time I saw him was in Darby O'Gill and the Little People, where he attempts to sing. I've never heard of this film. Yeah, 1959. Oh, no, this would be perfect for you and your kid. This, this is like it's 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 Disney rated G, old school. Um, you know, I set in Ireland. And with with real leprechauns, like it's hysterical. Is this pre James Bond? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. No, really? he's I've like twenty in this. He's, never heard of this movie. Interesting. Yeah, he's so young you almost don't recognize him. Huh. But he plays the lead and he sings. Does he sing okay? Does he sing well? Yeah. <laughs> he's a pretty talented, dude. So I wouldn't be surprised if he could sing. He's um, pretty good. He was twenty. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think my first <clears throat> introduction is was probably as. James Bond, Dr. No. My father was huge, huge James Bond fan. Um, you know, my father was a nerd before being a nerd was popular because he 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 was one of those where he read the books and then he saw all the movies. Like, 
really love James Bond. And um, but yeah, like I said, and then of course I saw him as uh, Juan Ramirez in Highlander, one of the weirdest casting choices of all time. You mean having a Scotsman play a Spaniard who's actually an Egyptian and having a Frenchman play a Scotsman? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Why not just make Sean Connery the Highlander? Because <laughs> it was a Christopher Lambert vehicle. For I know. Three, for I know. reasons beyond my, I got nothing. Hey, Clancy still... Brown is great as the Kurgan. Oh yes, God, he yes. oh, he. Well, he he's that that role that he played is the one that started the whole string of every um every villain has to be crazy and at one point drive a car fast and and stick his tongue out the window. I mean, it's like you know, like he's great. After after that role, every villain was about as dumb as a bag of rocks, just just crazy. Like, yeah, you know, you had to be overtly evil. I wonder, though, what was his greatest role? Probably James Bond, right? I don't know. I kind of like. The I, would, for- I, I, I thought I would think it was the, the um, Indiana Jones movies. Well, he's only in the one. Yeah, but- he's great. It's great. My favorite. It's my favorite. I mean, like probably because it's the one that I saw in the theater, so it's my favorite. Like it's the it's the first one that I have like an emo- real emotional connection to. But I don't I th- know if I would the call movie. I always think of him as like being a really good actor, though. I think it's the Hunt for Red October. He's really great in that. He's great. In that. He's also great in Zardoz. Let's be real. Oh God, <laughs> that, cost- <laughs> that costume is like never going to epic. not be a meme. It's freaking epic, man. Yeah, that's a that's a seventy space sci fi version of the Wizard of Oz, and I didn't think of it the first time. Then I saw it again in college, and I was like, oh yeah, it totally is. Oh my goodness! He was great, man. It's a damn shame that he was a crappy Ellen Quarter man at the end. Did, have we mentioned The Rock yet? Has Michael Bay. The- we made fun of Michael Bay earlier. So yes, yeah. There you go. It's not yeah. a, the, the Rock's not a bad at '90s action movie though. It's fun. It's Nicolas Cage before Nicolas Cage went off the deep end. And it's definitely a '90s action movie. Though. Very, very. Yeah. And he was in two. He was in two Highlanders. He was in. The, oh, well, the, the Quickening is a. Um, I know it was. It's, it's a movie. It's a movie. It's a movie, yes. right? Yeah, yes. it's basically it, it is put on film. It did. It the problem with Highlander is that it had a good pro- premise, uh, but it really was written as like a standalone. Yes. Movie that they kept trying to recant the story to keep it going. Yeah, or not recant. Re. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Retcon. Yeah. Which retcon. Was, but retcon really hard, like. Like, yeah, with a with a pitchfork. Yes. Uh well, rest in peace, Mr. Connery. You will be missed. Gorgeous All piece. right, we let's move on to uh, some more upbeat, uh, exciting news. Um, I don't know. I I've, I've seen a lot of mixed uh, responses to this article, but apparently Marvel has found their Moon Knight. It's an interesting choice too. It is Oscar Isaac's. So uh, or Isaac. Um, yeah, what do we think of this casting? JD? He's really he's really a good actor. I've enjoyed him in everything he's done. He was criminally underutilized in the Star Wars films. Um, a bizarre choice for Apocalypse, being that he's like five six. Yeah, Moon Knight for a character. Have you read much Moon Knight, Dave? No, no. It's actually the one character I've only got like three or four books of his. I, I have them in probably other stuff. Moon Knight is a hard character, I think, for a lot of writers to wrap their head around because his shtick is he's like crazy Batman. Like he's crazy. Yeah. Well, crazy Batman like, with powers. With powers, yes. But he's but he's like legitimately 
crazy. Like, you know, uh, he's got mental health issues. He's, he's got, got multiple personalities. Multiple personalities. Mm-hmm. So based on that, and if you if you do the um the early eighties run, who gosh, I forgot who wrote the early eighties run on Moon Knight. Um it's blank I'm blanking at the moment. That is a good run where he they do utilize the different personalities of Mark Spector. So I think that having a good actor that is valuable out of the hood could work if that's the interpretation they're going with, which is that's the most successful version. So I think that's what they should do. I'm okay with it. Yeah. What about you, John? What do you think? Well, the only reason I know anything about Moon Knight is because you guys mentioned it on the podcast or you've, you've mentioned it like when we started doing this podcast and some of that sunk in. And then I started um, catching up on stuff on YouTube, you know, with several people that talk about everything that's coming out on the comic book. So, um, you know, like, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, his, his backstory is pretty damn crazy and how, and to make that into a movie, well, Marvel's the only one that I'd say could do it. Doug mentioned Bill Sienkiewicz. That was the creative team. I like the first Moon Knight series. Mm. So, <laughs> you know, last yeah. last story I heard about, he was like working with, what's the God's name that gave him his power? Kanshu. Kanshu, right. So he's like working with Kanshu to steal everybody's powers in yes, the Marvel that's, Universe. That's, and the, that's like one of the most current stories yeah. going on in the, in, the, in the MCU. But he's doing it to try to like save the universe or something. Um, and it's in continuity. Yes, but which it's funny because my my son actually said, "Do you think Marvel's going to use that story in the TV show?" And I'm like, "It couldn't, probably not. At least on the first season." Yeah. Uh, the the easiest thing to do is to adapt the old Doug Mensch Bill Sienkiewicz stories. Like they seem to when they do the the adaptations, they seem to boil it down to the essences of the character when they were at their most successful. So I, that's yeah. that seems to be the. It's definitely the easiest interpretation to do. If you got a good looking guy like Oscar Isaacs, you know, you want to show him a little bit, you know. Yeah. Then again, they got Pedro Pascal playing the Mandalorian, he don't take his damn helmet off. So what do I know? <laughs> hey, when you can act that well, it goes right through the suit. There, sure, there, are, there are rumors there's some uh behind the scenes drama with that. Uh apparently he has said he wants more scenes with him out without the helmet on. So I don't know where that what's going on with that, but uh This is not the way. Exactly. <laughs> Let's see where it goes. Yes, we'll see where that goes. Um, yeah, I'm, I like this. I think it could be good. Um, I like the Hellstorm. I've watched a couple episodes of Hellstorm. They're doing good work with it. Like um, Disney needs more stuff for that platform, so I'll allow it. Hellstorm, you mean? Hel- no, just this Moon Knight TV show. Oh. <laughs> yes, Hellstorm's uh, good too, though. No, and I and I like him. I think he's a good actor. So we'll see. Uh, it'll be interesting. Um, Speaking of Marvel TV shows, this was interesting. So, uh, I'm going to mess his name up. Uh, the actor playing Blade. Marishala Ali. Marishala. There you go. Marishala Ali. Um, in a recent interview, actually said that Blade was originally going to be a TV show as opposed to a movie. Um, Doesn't surprise me. With Disney saying that their focus is now the, the streaming platform, I'm not surprised at all to hear that. And using that to tie into other movies. Oh, oh, but right now, like they're well, you'd think that they would have done a, a, a TV. Well, that's that's show, that, considering that's, COVID and all that, right? Well, they had to make it, you know. Hmm. Well, that's that's the question. It's like, um, you know, what what do you think is a better way to tell a story? Like Blade had three movies. Two. Um, yeah, I know. 
Um, <laughs> Blade had one and a half movies. Uh, I mean, two oh, and two. a half. Two. You're not counting the Blade Three third. sucks ass. Blade oh Trinity is garbage. It's the fact that garbage. the fact that Wesley Snipes wouldn't open his eyes and they had to CG his eyes for that last scene is—he is a pain in the ass to work with, man. Yeah, like, and it's it's great the level. Like he's he like makes movies under protest sometimes, and he's amazing. It's really sad that three is the one with Ryan Reynolds and Jessica Biel, and somehow it's the worst one because David Goyer is overrated, mm. and as a director, he is poo poo. Like Blade <laughs> Trinity, it's a terrible movie. It's really bad, and like it's funny that that Ryan Reynolds bounced around so many different characters to till he finally found one that fit him. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Jessica Biel's fine as the the retcon whistler kid. It's just like it's not about Blade. That movie's about it's it's trying to to backdoor uh, a uh, a series for them, and it just is unnecessary. You had the character that basically launched the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I'll go to my grave saying that. And you just you're like it's like they're bored with him. Yep. Yeah, and and you're you're I I think you're right about Blade opening the door for all of this. Yeah, it's the first. Oh one. yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, th- it, I, I I've said that before too. If you don't get Blade, you don't get a lot of this because what did we have at the same time? Batman and Robin mm-hmm. comes out a year later. Yeah, hmm. so I think they would have just kept going that route until they stopped making superhero movies altogether. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Blade Blade breathes new life into uh, into into superhero movies and also kind of creates the horror action genre. That's later utilized by movies like, you know, Underworld and uh, Van Helsing. Stuff that's not as good as Blade, but, you know, it definitely, it's definitely influential for a lot of reasons. Yes. Well, and it's box office, like, basically opened the door to those other projects getting greenlit, which, you know, at least let them know that there was a viable genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, a- so, 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 as I was saying, though, he had two and a half movies at, uh, um, but with a show, I think you get a you get to breathe more. What I would like to see from a vamp from a Blade show is really go into the vampire subculture that's just hinted at in the first Blade, the first two Blade movies. Right, right. The houses and like the like the what's gone on between these these warring vampire factions and like uh, why the Reavers exist more. Like like dig into some backstory a little bit. They could go all John Wick on this thing. They like, really could. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, instead we're just getting a movie, which I'm not complaining, but it would have been I interesting. I don't know how many movies we're going to get now out of them. I think they're really going to focus on trying to launch these shows, and I think that's a better idea, quite frankly. Yeah, that, that that's that's why I was hesitant in the beginning. It's like, well, wait a minute. Like with COVID, you know, you're running the risk of well, you're going to have to mothball even if you finish making the movie, you're going to have to mothball it for a couple of months at least before you can even think about coming up with a release date because we don't even know like if regal and amc are going to survive the next six months i mean regal's shutting down amc's bankrupt or they're going bankrupt and like i have making movies kind of uh risky unless you're going to do another you know go to disney that you've paid 15 bucks a month for and spend another 30 dollars on this one movie well it's funny my cousin like i told you my cousin works as a he's a second assistant director and a bunch of stuff um their only thing like the most stuff that's going into production right now is tv yeah like they're providing content like there's not a lot of movies being made right now independent stuff is one thing but like the stuff that's getting money invested into it is stuff that's going to streaming platforms because who knows how long we're all going to be you know 
really at home for, you know? Well, and the thing is, I, I don't know. It's uh, We've said this before. I'll say it again. Movies can't go away because if they do, then these companies stop making money and they stop making these big production things and then it all goes away. You know? It might not be a bad thing, though, because I think they've been... For the last decade plus, like like these studios have focused on these major tentpole films, and the vast majority of them don't deliver. You know, so you don't have it. So a lot, of, and they and they strangle the smaller movies like Oxygen. Like it's it's where that's something like the original John Wick wasn't supposed to be a big blockbuster. It was just something that like it was a Keanu Reeves vehicle that kind of slipped through the cracks, and everybody went, "Hey, this is awesome! Mm-hmm. Like we need we need more John Wicks." Well, it's because you know? it was an original idea, and yeah. it was incredibly well executed, and. You know, it's probably it probably slipped through the cracks because nobody was saying, "Oh, this this is our major blockbuster," and you know, right. the executives got involved and all. It was just director, go do what you're going to do, and yeah. he comes up with the greatest fight scenes in a long time. Dude got to go make a movie with a star. Yeah. Whereas now with TV, you have this flexibility and you have the the chance to like tell stories. Like, um, what's I'm not watching it, but that on Netflix that uh, Raised by Wolves show is is doing really well. You know, like we're talking about the Mandalorian, like we're doing like everything cool right now and interesting is being done in these streaming platform TV shows. Mm. So, I mean, if we have to get away from these giant tentpole movies, I mean, let's be real. I I don't want a Spider-Man movie. I want a Spider-Man TV show. That That's a bunch nice. of episodes that like, you know, we can get some like real development on the characters. Cause I feel like we've maximized what a, a superhero movie can be. Whereas a superhero television program, there's a lot more leverage. Right. The problem is the expense, but now with the streaming Disney, platforms and, now, and everything. Now yeah. the stream, let's say the streaming platforms. If Disney says this is what we're focused on, you gonna tell me that like like Falcon and Winter Soldier, whenever that gets finished, is gonna look like like bad TV? Like the the, the WandaVision show looks fantastic, you know? Yeah. Well, it's look, we're in a different world. Yeah, and look what they've done with Mandalorian. So yeah, like, yeah. you know, the amount of money you can pump in. And the the thing with that is that you don't have to rely on advertising money that can go up and down, right? Depending on time of year, time of day, whatever, you've got this base in, um, income stream that you can count on to yeah. make these shows. And what, what's nice about this too is like, now you can take some chances on some other platform because you want to, you, what does Netflix want? They want engagement hours. So you have your big 10 pole show, right? And now you can throw, hey, you like this? Check this out. And you can, you have an opportunity for, things to squeak through the cracks. It's not like in TV where stuff has to hit a hundred episodes before it's successful. You can have like, I think Netflix is what two or three seasons and they're killing everything. That's fine. How many shows are really good six seasons in? It's rare. Super rare. Like I'd much rather they focus on like one or two really good seasons. Like people mourn for daredevil. We have three really good seasons and it's over. And I'm okay. If it ever comes back, like they were good. They mm-hmm. worked. Yeah, it wasn't past its prime yet. Right. So um, let's 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 embrace this British model a little bit more. Now, now here's something I don't think we've ever talked about, um, which goes along with this, and something you said, JD. Um, the uh, industry, the 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 studios going for these big, huge blockbuster movies. How many of those studios over the past like thirty years have gone out of business because a blockbuster didn't pan out? it's not really the studio studios really go out of business. Like a studio has, they'll get absorbed and that's just the unfortunate backside of, of like these, these big corporations is like now like 20th century Fox gets absorbed into Disney. And before that, I want to say they absorbed someone else too, that I forgot. What happened, what happened to MGM screen gems? Uh, well, screen Columbia. gems, still they get, 
Columbia is Sony. Columbia got bought by Sony. Right. Like Columbia was owned by Coca-Cola and they got to keep the Columbia tag. And then Sony bought them a long time ago. And they still have the Columbia name, but it's a Sony. It's a Sony thing now. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like, no studios really gone out of business per se. United, I think United Artists might have gone out of business, but like since like RKO, you know, like it's usually it's these production houses now, or, or these studios will own like Subwings. Like Miramax was a Disney thing, and now Miramax is, is kind of gone, but they'll evolve into something else. Will come out of it. But I, re- you know, I thought I, I thought I remember reading stuff about like like it, it not they didn't just get bought out. They like had to sell because. They, you know, like one movie or another, like screwed over their budget. Yeah, 20th Century Fox is a big example of it. Like where you you become, the the name is still valuable. So you buy, it's like like Tommy Boy, you buy the box. Hmm. Or Universal. Universal is owned by Comcast. Yeah. (coughs) Yeah. But I mean, that's what it is now. These these studios are bought by these big multinational conglomerations. So I mean, like they still exist. They just have corporate overlords, but they always did. You know, like that's been like I said. So Columbia was owned by Coca Cola in the seventies and eighties. Like Warner was a Warner was lucky enough to be its own thing, but Warner, you know, gets you know, Warner's had so many crazy mergers between like Time Warner in the nineties and AOL in the early two thousands, and you know now it's with uh, oh god, who did they merge with recently? Warner Media. I forget who Warner Media merged with, but like was it AT and T? It was AT and T. That's what yeah. it is. You know, that's just. It's just the nature of the business. It's evil. It's disgusting, but it's what we are. And War- Time- Warner Media was Time Warner Media, right? And it was they, Time they- Warner. Then it was AOL Time Warner. Yep. And yeah. then it was back to just Warner. So like, uh, yeah. just real quick, uh, United Artists um, in the 80s was bought up by MGM. Okay. And then uh, they made a resurgence in 2018 <sighs> as United Artists Digital Studios. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. See, this is like they, they nothing goes out like this. So there's no RKO anymore. And they just evolve. Yeah. Ice tea down the wrong pipe. Um yeah, they evolve just evolve. Or die. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh and they all evolve. All right. Um speaking of of evolving and blade and whatnot, I thought originally I'd found a job for you, JD. I uh, saw this and I thought this too. But no, unfortunately. You can't have this job. Um, so, I'm not a screenwriter the, either. Marvel is looking for a screenwriter for the Blade uh, movie, um, but it is part of an initiative to try to find, um, how do I say this? People of color. The answer, uh, here's what you do. You give it to Jordan Peele and you let him go crazy. Oh my God, that would be awesome. And it, and it, and it would be horror. Like, no, he would. Yeah, because yeah. of what he's done. Have you seen us or uh, Get Out, Dave? Get Out, yes. My man knows how to do these things. And his Twilight Zone. But, I'm not sure how involved he is with the Twilight Zone reboot, but the one things I've seen are pretty good. I think I think he could actually do that. Yeah, but I mean, that's the thing. Blade walks a, a thin line between superhero movie and horror. And mm-hmm. if you go too far in one direction, you're going to ruin it. You get Hellstrom and then Disney disowns you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Hellstrom's a different story, but this is also like Jordan Peele pitched a Gargoyles movie to Disney and they were like, we don't want to do anything with that. And he had this giant pitch about why Gargoyles is this untapped. You guys know what I'm talking about with Gargoyles? Of course. There's a reason why it's untapped is because the fan base is huge. Right. Jordan Peele wanted to do this movie or TV or something like that and they turned him down. So clearly he has the sensibilities for this. Like if he's if he's talking about why gargoyles is awesome, 
My man knows what he's doing. So in my opinion, if you're looking for the right guy, give it to the hot hand. The man's uh, done really good work on low budget, lower budget horror movies. Like I'd love to see what he could do with Blade. Yeah. No, I can't think now I can't think of anybody better. (laughs) I'm going to get I'm going to get a hashtag started right now while it's on my mind. Do it. Do it. Yeah, no, do it. Peel for Blade. Wouldn't that be cool if, if that's that's how it gets started and then he gets it? I can take credit for something. My only issue is that um, with stuff like that is that you get one person who's doing all of this. That's how it's always been, though. You're I right know. The hot, I right know. The hot hand. But no, it's, if it's, okay, seriously, if it's TV, he's a showrunner and there's 10 other guys working with him. If it's right. a movie, you get a bunch of people just working on a screenplay anyway. So what you do is you like and this is a T this is why TV is actually a better medium in a lot of ways, is that you get the lead guy, but then he hires a bunch of talented people underneath him that can then blossom their own careers. Yeah. You know, because he'll have he'll have a, a good staff underneath him doing this show. You right. Know? Perhaps a Mark Bernardin with him or something like that. All right. So you you write Marvel and tell them make it a TV show, not a movie, and Hire Jordan Peele. Morton just did. Okay, good. <laughs> Motivated. If I can't do it, give it to somebody who can, who'd be better. Well, I don't think that's a hard thing to do. Probably not. Oh! <laughs> Probably not. But. <laughs> Unless the movie is about killing John over and over again. That's a good title. Killing John. <laughs> Write that down. Killing John over and over again. I just like Killing John. That's a good title. There's, there's, already, there's already a series called Killing Eve, so... Well, I'm not killing you. I'm killing you. No, well, that's fine. That gets boring after a while. You'd think. <laughs> uh, so, moving on. This 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 article is just for JD. Oh, we kind of mentioned it last week, but we didn't really get into it. Oh, oh. So, so not only are we getting Zack Snyder's original version vision for Justice League. Are we really getting his original vision <laughs> He's for Justice say. League? I think we're getting his updated vision, because now... He's pulling a Lucas. <laughs> he's adding Jared Leto's Joker. He's He's gone full... Like, even Lucas didn't get this opportunity. Yeah, <laughs> like, this isn't adding do-backs to the background. Like, this is like... <laughs> this is... This is a... This is a he's... What? He's... um. This is a reboot. <laughs> Right? This isn't even a reboot. This is like an unboot. Like this is <laughs> an unboot. Like, no, that's this... a thing. Unboots are a thing. Yeah. I thought I just made that up. Actually, um, no, that is an actual thing. I don't know what this is. Like he's taken this original movie and now stretched it into like a God knows how many episode television series this is going to be at this point. <laughs> the plan it was like three hours or four hours, wasn't uh, it? Apparently, that the plan at the moment is four one hour episodes. Jesus, Christ. a lot of stuff going on in four out four one hour episodes here, man. You're up. You're up near the boys now. First season. <laughs> so, so I like, and and we've all seen the Justice League, the 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 theatrical cut. Where would you fit Jarrett the Joker into that movie anyway? The trash. Oh, yeah. No, um, no I, yeah, have no well, fo- I have no what, clue, man. I have no basically, idea. make him cannon fodder, and that'd be fine. <laughs> like, well, here's my question: Is Margot Robbie's right there? People actually like her, and they like the Harley Quinn character. Mm-hmm. Like nobody liked Little Joker. Yeah, I get to use that one again. Um, <laughs> as I was retired the last three years, I'm, I'm bringing it out of retirement. Like I don't like nobody. I'm not saying nobody. The overwhelming majority of humanity did not like Jared Leto as the Joker. <laughs> so like, I, if you put Joaquin Phoenix in there, I'd be like, all right, I get it. He man won an Oscar. I get that. This, 
I got nothing. Well, I, I they were talking about this on another podcast yesterday, and they were like, I guess Joaquin Phoenix just costs too much money. That's also possibly true. Um, Probably get Jared Leto a lot cheaper. And I just, I don't under like, you're right. It doesn't make, like, he went through this whole thing of, oh, I'm trying to give you my original vision. And then now it's like, oh, I'm going to bring in the Joker everyone hated. Con artist. <laughs> his, so his original vision included a character that didn't exist until after his original movie. No, like, no, they're at the same time. They're the same was year, it at the same time? 2017. Yeah, don't forget, Ben oh, Affleck okay. was in Suicide Squad as Batman. Yeah. Oh, true, right, right, right. I mean, they're t- they're in the same universe, you know? Like, it's Unfortunate. all... Unfortunate. Yeah, it's, it's all bad. Um, wait, wait, wait. There, there is precedent for this. They they just did the three Jokers. They did just do the three Jokers. That is so, so, you know, they could just kill him off in the beginning, and that would be fine. <laughs> they could have two others. They might so. do that, actually. Like, what better use? Like, that's actually really not a bad idea. You know, because now you're just like, like if you have dark side or something break his neck, like that, you know, you're getting like a whole new, oh, what can happen now? You know, Zack Snyder loves that stuff. So, maybe. Ooh, and that would make people like it. <laughs> hey, it look, they killed Jared Leto off in the first 10 minutes. It's got to be good. It oh, would yeah. make me, it would make me watch another episode. <laughs> make that the cliffhanger on, on episode one. Or the tag, like the, the, the pre-credits tag, you know, right away. Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. Jared Leto's being annoying and Darkseid breaks his freaking neck. I'd be like, all right, and he just bought another 20 minutes to, out of me. Oh, man. I, I just, I don't get it. It's insane. This whole thing is insane. Does this all go this crazy without the COVID? Like, is this, like, it's been a weird year at Warner Media. It really well, has. Well, with the COVID or with the HBO Max deal? I mean, it all kind of came together at the same time, which yeah. is like the HBO Max thing, they clearly weren't ready but like felt they had to rush this. Like we, we talked about that before, mm. but like, I don't know if this is on HBO max day one, like, isn't that stronger for HBO max? Yes. I agree. But, but the thing is between HBO max needing something like this and COVID, you've got yeah. kind of a perfect storm to funnel oh, money really? into this. Yeah, thing. absolutely. Zack Snyder really benefited from all this. Yeah. Cause you got, cause you think about it, you're making four, you've got the backbone for a four hour movie or for a four hour, you know, for, for a show like this you're not having to create a show completely from scratch like a good chunk of it's already done yeah except for all the reshoots he's gonna do i know i mean it's, it's insane don't get me wrong but if they're smart and they do if they adopt some new technology you know some video walls maybe you know maybe it's not quite so bad right what i think to be tricky is continuity shots because like when you're on a film set they're taking pictures of actors every day to make sure they look the same mm-hmm. and like it's been four years People oh, do yeah. not look the same. Bat, ben Affleck's kind of fat now. He's not all juiced up. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Unless he's getting juiced up for this again. He may be. You know, you're right. He, he may have. We don't know what Ben Affleck doing in, but, in, in his COVID time. He may be tore up right now. But 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 again, that, mean, that means that they're doing all these new shoots and everything. This is not. This is not just the cut. It's just. Oh, no, uh, we're beyond that. We're beyond the cut. We're on the Snyder rebirth. <laughs> oh, come <laughs> on. <laughs> They should with DC. It should be labeled that, like you know, Justice League Rebirth. Oh my God! Is that where Zack Snyder like uh, morphs into uh, John Favreau? No, to be Jeff Johns. Yeah, that work. If he morphed into John Favreau, he'd become a filmmaker that I like to watch his work. <laughs> oh, I don't like Zack Snyder. Neither do I. Although Star of the Dead remake was pretty good, I'll give it that. Yeah, but you know. <laughs> He wrote the only part of Wonder Woman that I didn't like. <laughs> Nobody. The Act 3, right? Nobody yeah. liked Act 3 of Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh, 
we got to have a giant CGI fight that looks bad. Yeah, that's it's not it as makes bad as, no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. It's not as bad as the giant CGA fight in um, Suicide Squad. That thing was dog crap. But yeah. with the wiggle wiggle butt. Yeah. That movie sucked, but there are times you guys when I thought that uh, they should have done that movie. It should have been the Suicide Squad has to kill the Joker. Mm-hmm. And then you're utilizing the Jared Leto that you paid all the money for. You've got the Harley Joker story, which is what everybody wants anyway. And you don't have to have the big, goofy, stupid monster. And it's a small story because the Suicide Squad should be a small story, not some like earth shattering thing. Because it doesn't work with those characters. Clearly, hopefully um, James Gunn does something better. I'm sure he will. <sighs> Hopefully. Um, all right. Speaking of uh, of, uh, we beat the hell out of that one. Why not? I mean, like it's a slow news week, mm. and we didn't read we didn't read a book this week. Speaking of Justice League and uh, and controversies. Oh, Ray Fisher. Yeah. No. Um, Why does this keep getting worse? It's like every time you think, okay, we've heard the last of it, it comes back. Well, in a in a in a interview with Forbes, uh, this past week um ray fisher actually has given more information on the what's going on with warner brothers and uh joss whedon and and everything and um it's interesting because he said that his tipping point uh one of the re- the thing that made him like really lose it over this is uh in post-production they tried to change his skin tone in the oh. in the movie yes um not unheard of. Yeah, no, that's this has happened. Yeah. Usually it happens with Bollywood actresses, though. Oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. That's a huge problem with the Bollywood sets. Hmm. So um, uh, he went on to say that uh, he had he claims they had several top-level conversations with top-level Warner Brothers stiffs that uh, were blatantly racist conversations and... Um, Fisher that the actor now describes as a coded version of the racist things he was saying with behind closed doors with the other execs. Uh, I missed something there. So, so basically he's, uh, he's accusing Whedon and the execs of uh, racism at this point. And um, I thought they'd already done that, but okay. Well, he was like, I kind of beaten around the bush. He was beating around the bush. And I came out and said that a few, about a month or so ago on this show that I thought that there was like, he was so worked up because it might be something a little bit more racially motivated. And now he's just kind of come out and, and said, that's the truth. It's interesting that so many of the people of color that were in the movie were completely cut out of the final cut. Right. That is is interesting. If you, if you go and read the whole Forbes uh, interview, he talks about that where like uh, the, uh, Iris West was cut out. Uh, his this there was a lot more with his father uh, in the movie that was cut out. Ryan yeah. Choi Adam was cut out. Oh yeah, know. the Adam. Uh, the Ryan Choi Adam too. Like it's like it's very. It's, and here's just even more interesting is like we talked about the the upheaval at Warner. Like a lot of their top executives from 2017 are not there anymore. Right. So. Especially know, after man. what a couple of what two months ago when they yeah I mean it was like yeah that that great Warner Media purge yeah we still don't know how that's really going to affect DC Comics coming out of this I'm interested I don't know man I think I think there's something to this like you look at let's be real like I know we all like Joss Whedon but as far as working with you know characters of color go they're not a lot in his resume no you know there's not I can't think of anybody on Buffy you know or Angel 
or Firefly. Nope. Well, and you his, know? his work with women too hasn't been. Well, and that's just funny. It's 20 years ago. He was like upheld as like, you know, Joss Whedon was one of the girl power guys. And then you learn that he's really kind of not. And it's, yeah. I don't know, man. Like, I think that's another guy that kind of worked people over with his reputation. So, I mean, and there then, is something uh, to this. Yeah. And then, I mean, the Avengers movies. There's no one. I mean, there's, and that's part of the problem too with the source material of the Avengers is there, you know, there really is no, not until like later on in the series, there really are no uh, Avengers of color. You know? You're right. But I mean, they did bring in Falcon. Um, they did. They did. Later uh, on. Whedon, Whedon didn't. Black Panther. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> was all when, all after Joss Whedon had not done, had left the. Uh, right. The, I, the, the only. The only character is War Machine, and that's because he's a counterpart of Iron Man. So. And how much does War Machine do in the Joss Whedon movies? Nothing. Like, you know? Nothing. Yeah. He doesn't... I don't think he appears in Avengers, the first Avengers movie, does he? Mm, no. No. No, he doesn't. No, and it's does, only the main team in that. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think he shows up in in uh, Ultron either. Which is a shame. Why, why wouldn't he show up in, like, the Avengers? I mean... He I don't was know. There. I mean, I don't know. It's interesting, isn't it? Like, he's just he's, sitting there with a beer, watching TV, going, "Oh, look, New, New York's destroyed." And it's like, <laughs> I mean, like, but it's when you, he says these things, and you go back and you look at you look at the the, the man's the total the, the total of his work, and you kind of go, you know, yeah. there's some things here. Like, I'm not saying he's an out and out racist, but at the same time, maybe he doesn't do a good enough job even thinking about these kind of things. You know, right. I mean, it's not my place to call somebody that because I don't I don't know, but. I think that just based on the effort that Warner made to try to make it seem more inclusive under, I can't believe I'm defending Zack Snyder. The, the effort. Oh that, God. <laughs> it sounds like, but I mean like all that stuff is removed. Cause remember, I remember when they casted Iris West, I'm like, Oh, Iris West is, is African American. Now that's going to be a thing we stick with. Mm-hmm. And then she was removed from the movie. And like, I don't know, man, it's, and you could tell they had more to do with, with cyborg and his father. And that doesn't really go anywhere. So I, I did look it up, and I was trying to remember. And yes, both Falcon and War Machine are in Age of Ultron, but very little. They're just kind of like air support in that battle at the end of the. Oh, so they just show up for the fight scene at the end, and that's it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's bad, man. Like again, it's hard to balance an Avengers movie because there's so many characters. I get that, but uh, I don't know. The Russos managed to do it. Yep. <laughs> you know, like I don't know, man. Maybe there's something to this. You know, I, I I believe it. If I'm know. Ray Fisher and they they were legitimately lightening my skin, I'm really pissed. If that's a true story, that's awful. Yeah, and that's. I mean, of course, you know, I am sure the argument's going to come back. Well, we were trying to lighten the color palette of the movie. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. no. Look at the color palette of that movie. <laughs> like, come on, man, who are you fooling? Yeah, I, I just, oh man. Um, Can we mention again that DC's about to do a. Um, a static shock movie? <laughs> no, coincidentally, and it's That's not going cool. to be directed by Josh Whedon. Yeah, um, <laughs> he hasn't. You know what? Since this whole thing shook down, he hasn't done much of anything. No, he hasn't. Between that and the speaking out stuff. Oh, I like, guarantee. I guarantee. Because I mean, we've said this before. You you know this. Like they, everyone in this industry talks to each other. Yeah, you know. So even if they're trying to keep it hush hush. You know, people are sit- going to sit there and saying, like, you know, yeah, there is something to what Fisher's saying. It is true to a point. And it's like, we're not going to touch that with a 10 foot pole. You know, well, now that in the post Weinstein world, it seems like people that may have been untouchable a decade ago, all of a sudden, maybe you're not so untouchable anymore. 
Right. That's exactly. one of the most powerful people in Hollywood, and he's going to die in jail, justifiably so. But it's like it's like good. Like if like I said, if if and you got to say if because like you know you don't want to hold yourself up for life for you know you know getting in trouble. But if this is reality, it look it's a bad look on Whedon. It's a bad look on Warner, and it's a bad look on Jeff Johns, quite frankly. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean that's the thing, and I, and and I don't know. You know, we don't know the whole thing. You know, and again. But I kind of think that maybe some of it has to do with, um, you know, they wanted to get this movie done. They knew the yeah. cost was uh, astronomical. And I have to imagine some of the stuff from Warner Brothers side was more just like, oh, just let him finish the movie. We'll deal with it later. I'm you know? sure you're probably right. Ironically enough, they're three years later, they're sinking more money into this movie. Yes. Which is the ultimate monkey's paw with this Justice League thing. Like, Oh my God! <laughs> There's gonna be you. Know what I really want? I want a documentary about the making of Justice League. It'll be behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I want a do- like a do- yeah, like a serious, like a documentary, like almost like one of those oral history things where people just talk like out front and open about what was going on. Because this is like this is like that would be like a type stuff. That's gonna be a ten part series on Netflix. Yeah, and I'm gonna watch it. Like because it's got to be fascinating. This is like when. uh when Conan O'Brien left the Tonight Show, like that was a great oh, book too. Oh god, that's really, that really good book. And like, there's, I want a book like that or a, a documentary like that, like where people are just like laying on the line and telling everybody what happened because that's good. This this story is far more interesting than anything that they could put on screen at this point. I think you're right. It's been five six years of this entire Justice League, this entire mess with one movie. There's no way they're ever going to recuperate anything with this thing. How? How could they? And you know, if uh, if it, once it goes on HBO Max, if it gets uh, panned by the critics, they're going to come back with, "Oh, wait, no, no. Here's the Zack <laughs> the Snyder fi- Ultimate Cut." Now, the unofficial, the official, official, unofficial. Well, I don't even know if the critic, if, if critical acclaim means anything for these streaming platforms with something like this. You just want people to watch, and yeah. we were because, like, remember six months ago when this whole thing was like really picking up steam. We were like, I'm not going to watch that crap. And then it became, well, you know, maybe we'll check it out for morbid curiosity. Now I can't miss it. I don't think it's going to be good still. But, like, I got to see what they're going to do with this thing. Like, they're going to get a bunch of views just on morbid curiosity. Yeah. Well, that's that's what I'm going to do. I mean, we're, I'm, right. I'm, I'm going to watch it. I don't know. I don't know if I'll finish it, depending on how it well, is. We're going to, because of our show, we have to cover it. Like, yeah. We have to talk about it. Okay, I might fold laundry while I'm watching. That. Yeah, I mean, like at least, at least do that. Like, I think, I mean, it's such a watershed moment. Like, if you look at like the, the trajectories of Avengers and Justice League, two remarkably similar properties handled in remarkably different ways. It's fascinating. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny too because, like, I've said it before too, and there are times where it feels like Warner Brothers is still stuck in. We talked about it, Blade saving the movie industry and and changing how superhero movies were doing. Because of Warner Brothers. And, right, and Warner Brothers was making Batman and Robin. And mm-hmm. I, sometimes it feels like there are still execs at Warner Brothers who are still stuck in that mindset. And it's, they talk about, and it's weird because there, there aren't, they're literally, it's literally a different generation of people there. Like, there's been two corporate mergers since Batman and Robin world. But at the same time, we talk about, like, they talk about cultural climates and how and how corporations have these cultures and mentalities behind them. And you can see it. Like Warner is, even with completely different people, the culture at Warner is still the culture at Warner. Yep. You know, it's 
it's mind-boggling really you know like it's like the culture at disney completely different like yes it's weird it's weird it's It's also frustrating oh incredibly as a dc fan it's remarkably frustrating where you fall your only good movies are things you fall backwards into well, as uh, as this podcast's chief, chief DC apologist, I'm sorry. <laughs> you should be. I on should. That, <laughs> on that note, no, boys and girls, we're going to take our last commercial break, and we'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. All right, all right. Main topic. I like time. DC too. I apologize for them. I know, but it's on my cards. Oh, well, fair enough. <laughs> I thought since we didn't literally. read a we didn't read a book, and I couldn't, I didn't think of a topic earlier. I came up with something real quick, and I thought we could do this real fun, real quick and real fun. Uh, I said, I but let's pick movies like um, and say which one is better out of out of two different movies, right? And we have to say why we think one is better than the other. To give you an example, the first one, Batman 89 versus Batman Begins. We should have led with this. <laughs> we never so, lead. We never lead with the main event. We don't do that. I know. So, 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 John, you can go first since you're the DC apologist. Batman 89 versus Batman Begins. Which is the better movie and why? This is a tough one. But if you, if you take, I mean, okay, so like Batman 89, there's nostalgia involved, involved with that. Because back then, when that came out, you're like, oh, my God, Batman on the big screen. This is going to be awesome. Uh, And that had that was Michael Keaton, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So who turns out to be like you go back and you watch that now and you get hints of just how good he actually is. Like back then, it was like, oh, my God, Michael Keaton. You mean Mr. Mom? You're going to put him in that. Uh, But but he turned out he was pretty good, pretty damn good. Um. So, but, but then, you know, Batman Begins, it's like the new darker, you know, DC Universe stuff, um, more serious. Um, although Batman 89 wasn't, you know, it was pretty serious. It was just, it was a little, the era. A, little, little com- a little comic-y, you know, a little, uh, not, not quite like Batman 1960s show, but um, that can't be too much, but. I, I, I'm per, my my personal preference is I like to see a darker Batman, and Batman Begins was a really really good way to start it off. You know, it got me the the one scene in Batman Begins that really got me was when they were um, within the container. Um, was it the, you know in the in the midst of the containers and the bad guys backing up, going where are you? And then like you know you get into frame and there's batman hanging upside down going here yeah it's like that's batman damn it it's not the one that walks into a well lit room well lit room and put you know puts up his fists and goes okay let's do it it's the guy who comes out of nowhere from the night because he's got everything planned and just you know takes people out left and right and before you know it you've lost all of your minions um so i i mean i'd go with batman begins personally although batman 89 for its time and uh for what it did for the series uh you know it's second close second for me great to make a commitment okay jd what do you think um i i, I kind of i'm on similar plane as john with this uh, it's hard for me because batman 89 is a movie that's that's very special to me um i was the first movie that i like counted down to watch Ooh, you know it was yeah. the first movie that like the that was that felt like an event to me, you know, I was the right age at the right time 
and it it literally changed the direction of my life. Batman eighty nine. Um, some of it, a lot of it hasn't aged well, but the reason a lot of it hasn't aged well is because Batman eighty nine set the tone for what these movies could be. Like before Batman eighty nine. It was bang, bop, zip. Like when Batman and I came out, it was like, oh man, superhero movies are serious now. And it's a Tim Burton movie, but it's a, it's the most urban kind of nerd and gritty that a Tim Burton movie could be. And like I said, some of it hasn't aged well. Some of it's aged fantastic. When you talk about Michael Keaton, we've kind of come full circle. When Michael Keaton, we actually we've come two circles. When Michael Keaton was cast as Batman, people were like, oh, it's a terrible choice, terrible choice. He does it. And everyone's like, this is Batman. This guy is amazing. He's fantastic. And then about, you know, 15 years after, it's like, ah, you know, Michael Keaton really wasn't that good as Batman, you know, overrated, blah, blah, blah. And we've kind of come back around to being like, no, he was awesome. Like, everything, Michael Keaton was a really good Batman. So, I mean, like, we've Mm kind of, as a culture, struggled with Michael Keaton as Batman. I love the movie. But that being said, I do think Batman Begins is just a better movie. And to be fair, I I haven't seen it in a while. I do need to give it a, a, a look with a fresh set of eyes. But I do think that the Batman Begins film it lays in closer to what, you know, Batman, the comic character is, you know, whereas Batman 89 is a cultural touchstone. Batman begins is is the better movie that, that gives us in my opinion, still the best Batman movie ever. Like it's Batman. It's my heart says Batman 89, but my head says Batman begins. So (sighs) tough one for me. It's sad. You're both wrong. Um, (laughs) So if I had said Batman 89 versus... You'd be wrong. The Dark Knight, I would have to probably pick The Dark Knight. Yeah, Dark Knight's a better movie for sure. Mm. But looking at Batman 89 and Batman Begins, because they're both, quote-unquote, the beginning of a series, the origin, (laughs) whatever you want to call it, um, I think Batman Begins is boring. I'm sorry. Like, Like, I find it to be a very boring movie in comparison to every other Batman movie that's ever been made. Um and yes, there's a there's a comic booky vibe to Batman eighty nine and and over the top with some of the stuff, but to me that's what makes it fun. So yeah, I I, I think it's Batman eighty nine, but you know it's again personal preference. It's um, personal preference, like I said, yeah. I think they both do well. They're very similar movies in in what they're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very different. You know, yes. you're gonna get a Chris Nolan movie is gonna feel very different than a Tim Burton movie. Yeah. And they're good examples. And I think that it, I think that um, Chris Nolan became much more comfortable in this world by the time Dark Knight comes. Yes. And I yes. think that there's flaws in Batman Begins. Don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of flaws in Batman 89 as well. Like mm-hmm. I said, my heart will always say Batman 89 because of what it means to me. But I do think that just as a film, I think Batman Begins is script wise a little bit better, but not much. Like they're, they're very comparable. There's a lot of, it's a good, it's a good topic of debate. All right. All right. This next good, one will be interesting. No, it's next. not this. This is not even a topic. Superman the movie from 1978 versus Man of Steel. Get this shit out of here. Go I ahead, John. You, wait, I thought I thought I thought this was Superman five versus Man of Steel. Um, <laughs> and, it does and look like an email. And you know what? Superman five would still win. So uh, all I can say is Zimmer. <sighs> That's you all. Can't base, you can't base all your hate of uh, Man of Steel on Hans Zimmer. The oh, fact, no, I, I there's can... so many flaws in this movie, and the fact that you go right to the Hans Zimmer is so on brand for John O'Grady. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, I mean, you know, I mean, it, I, I would say that the rest of the flaws are so basically intuitively obvious to the most casual observer that I don't even need to go into them. So I might as well go with the one that I hate the most. But, you know, like like JD said, there's way too many other things wrong with Man of Steel and uh, it can go die in a fire. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, directed by Zack Snyder. Uh, I don't need to say anything more. You know, and, and that's even putting aside the fact that when Superman came out, the original Superman movie came out, it was a big, big, big deal. It was only what uh, it was the same year as as Star Wars. Year and after. and it was year the after. First, hmm? year after the year after. Right. And that's at the like Star Wars is the very first movie where there were lines around blocks waiting at the theaters. And that was from word of mouth. And when Superman came out, that continued where people got, were actually excited to see this movie because it's Superman on screen. Are you kidding me? So, um, I mean, it was, it was huge. So, but just even putting that aside, it's just a Zack Snyder, like Man of Steel, like all, all I can say is maybe I should have killed him. <laughs> you know, should I have killed him? Eh, maybe. No. No, I, I just no. There's no, there's no, no contest. It's 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 the original Superman. I'm not even going to go into the the Donner cut. I'm just saying it's the original okay. Superman. Okay, that was Superman too, but that's a different story. And JD, we know you love Man of Steel. Superman Five would have been written by Carrie Bates and would have featured uh, Mister Mixes Mixia Spitlick. That hmm. would have been an interesting movie, but Superman Four: The Quest for Peace was so bad, killed it. Warner <laughs> just you know went the yeah. Um. Man of Steel sucks ass. That's the only reason I, I even brought up the Superman, the aborted Superman five thing. <laughs> like I hate Man of Steel. Like Zack Snyder. And I tr- the funny part is when I first I, I look back on like old Facebook posts and I vehemently defended Man of Steel the first time I watched it. I wanted to like this movie so badly. They were doing Grant Morrison stuff like in the trailer. Like it looked like like I said, Zack Snyder cuts a hell of a trailer, man. And I, the second time I saw it, at the end of the movie, I buried my, I'll never forget this, I buried my head in my hands and said, please stop killing people. Please stop killing, please stop <laughs> know, killing right? people. <laughs> millions and, dead. <laughs> millions. And when you say it to people, like, no, I'm like, when I said, when buildings turn into water, which is what they do, they liquefy, uh-huh. people are dying. Thousands, millions of people are dying. Like, <clears throat> Zack Snyder doesn't get Superman. Like, and it, there's this, there's this, there's a large group of people, and I, I run into them online because, like, Dave yelled at me last was that last week or two weeks ago about fighting with people online during the show, <laughs> um, and it was because yeah. of Superman. There's so many people that don't understand Superman and find him boring because of his Silver Age interpretation. Like the Superman everybody thinks is Superman hasn't existed since God the seventies, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know. That's not super, Superman. The movie Superman. There's there's stuff like there's a journey. Like I, I don't understand because well he's just perfect. I'm like he's not. And like I, I the, the fact that he turns back the time, like he literally turns back the Earth's rotation to save us. Okay, yes, it is a stretch, but like you know at the time in movies like and again I, I can go on my post Vietnam War spiel some other time. Like we needed like to believe in a larger than life hero. The comic Superman. You know, the, the post-crisis Superman, which is, in my opinion, the greatest character in fiction, like, it's not there. It's just not there. Superman the movie is, is the best film, any any type of version, any media type of version of Superman. Bruce Timm's being a close second. Like, 
there's not even a debate here. Man of Steel, it's a terrible movie. Can I add something to you to what sure. you said, JD? Later. Um, the biggest difference between the two is when Lois Lane's car gets swallowed up by the crevice, by the, the the earthquake, and when when Christopher Reeve is Superman, like when he goes unburies the car, and the 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 act the acting of you know of the the horror of finding Lois Lane dead. That's the difference between Zack Snyder's Superman and a, and the real Superman. He he cared. Mm-hmm. It was horrible that you know Lois Lane died. Zack Snyder's Superman just like punches through buildings and there you know there are bodies everywhere. <laughs> he might as well be Homelander. The only director with a worse take on Superman is Quentin Tarantino in his little uh, Tarantino-esque you know diatribe at the end of Kill Bill Two when David Carradine goes off on his talking about Superman. I remember seeing the theater going, this man doesn't get Superman at all. Mm-hmm. He's never read a single Superman book in his life. Like, and it's just like, I don't understand. Like, and again, it's, it's just like, it's what like Julie Schwartz, or I, not Julie Schwartz, the other editor from DC's name, I can't think of, um, did to Superman in the freaking fifties. That is defined what he was like. He was, yeah, everything is wrong with Man of Steel. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Dave. I would love to, uh, Actually, I mean, it's it, we're way past it, but I would love to have seen the original idea that Dick Donner had um, because he was filming one and two back to back. Right. And this is like a lot of people don't realize that they that recut. Replaced. They recut mm-hmm. a lot of one just to get it done, to get it out. Mm-hmm. And from my understanding, the turning back time thing was not part of the first movie. No, it was the end of two. Yes. Because that's how he that's, tricks. Yeah, that's how he tricks Lois into not learning his secret, exactly. which they do in the downer cut. They do it in the downer cut anyway, but they like they needed an ending, and they were like, "What's emotional?" And they said, "Let's just do that." Like it was literally like an on the set decision. Yes, yes. So I think it would have been as good as it was. I think it would have been a thousand times better if he was allowed to finish it uh, the first time through. Because he w- he was making too much. That the problem was one of the problems was that he he was making it as a serious movie. And they they wanted it lighter. No, no, no. It's not. It's not that the Sawkins wanted to make two movies, which is what they did with the Three Musketeers, and it got them in a bunch of trouble because they made one movie and split it as two, and right. then they they got sued and wound up having to pay out their butt. The Sawkins had like huge vision, but they all they were notorious for running out of money, and which is what happens at the end of Superman. It's like they're making both at the same time, the same way they did the Three Musketeers. This is just that's just how they made movies. Yes, like. And they just ran out of money and they had to finish it. And they're like, well, let's just let's just finish one. We'll just worry about one and then we'll figure out two later. And then and then they just they were they, the Salkinds made Donner miserable and vice versa. Because yeah, the Salkinds didn't quite get it either. Like if you read the Mario Puzo script, it's all over. I mean, it's like Bojack huh. is showing up and it's it's very Batman 66. Yeah. You know? But so, I remember I remember reading like the, the original tre- the original treatise of the 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 uh, character in the movie was much uh much more serious and like the those scenes like with um with the super breath and the 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 uh bystander floating across the screen with the ice cream hitting him in the face and all the all the wacky stuff that's too was it yeah, yeah yeah but it was originally that wasn't supposed to be part of right right well yeah. that's we we talked about too the the dga rules right like if richard mm-hmm. lester is going to be director of super they, 2 they had he to has- re- 
he has yeah. to shoot 66 he has to shoot 60 some percent of the movie yeah. so you have to go back and do your own thing and that's you know you get the guy who did hard days night you're going to get some of that silly shit mm. so i think you can sum the comparison up of the two movies with uh not ne- not necessarily the portrayal of superman which obviously is much different in the two but pa kent oh yeah because yeah. pa kent in the original superman movie tells clark um because he because clark gets upset because you know you can't be on the football team and blah blah and pa kent's like well wouldn't it be fair because of the things that you can do you know and he's like i know it's frustrating son but i know you were put on this earth for good uh to do great things mm-hmm. and in man of steel the boy saves the uh clark kent saves a bus of students and pa he goes well should i have let them drown and pa kent's maybe <laughs> two completely different characters there boys and girls here's what's unbelievable about this too is that like in the in the original superman movie you have john Ford, or you have a uh, you have the guy who played tom joad from the grapes of wrath as his father beautiful casting it's perfect and in this one kevin costner ray kinsella <laughs> the man who built the field of dreams is cast <laughs> to play Jonathan Kent. And that's what they had him doing. It's, it's a mind boggling. It's absolutely a mind boggling. Is there, a, is there an actor that can portray hope like Kevin Costner? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like all they had to do was say, Hey, Hey Kevin, remember the thing you did and break the bat, you know, Kevin, Kevin, Kent? <laughs> go do that. Yeah, exactly. Go do that. You're the same guy. That's how I would have directed that scene. Hey, you're the same guy. You are Ray Kinsella. You know, now you're going to have a catch with your son. He just can throw the ball really far. Um, <laughs> and then the other, the other, Unreal. I think the other great point too, that I vote, this is how I see it is uh, it comes down to choice. So obviously Paul Kent has a heart attack in Superman movie and it affects Clark because he's, even with all his great powers, he couldn't save his father. Yep. In, Man of Steel, he can save his father, and his father tells him not to. So he chooses to let his father die. And who? I mean, come on. Now, like, he could move faster and people could see. Uh, that was the stupidest, like... Now, now flip, flip. Now, now let's go to, um, they grow up, they're Superman, they're both Superman now, and um, in the Superman movie, his his space dad, Zor-El... Um, sure. Jor-El, Jor-El, I'm sorry. Jor-El says, you know, teaches him about his powers and, and Krypton and everything. It says, don't interfere with human events, you know, like, because there would be great consequences and all this stuff. Blah, but he blah, cared blah. about them so much, which was the point. And now flip to Man of Steel. So, But yes, but he cares about humanity so much. He does interfere. He starts saving people. We get a nice montage of him being Superman. And Man of Steel, he doesn't get to make that choice. Yeah, Zod shows right. up and starts destroying the planet, and it's thrust upon him. It's thrust mm-hmm. upon him. Yes, yeah. it's a completely different character. I never thought of this before, Dave. That's really smart thinking of you. Like the act of of Pa Kent dying is what spurs Superman on. Like all these powers, and I couldn't save him. And then when Lois dies, he was like, "Screw this! I'm not letting this happen again." Uh huh. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and then the second time around, he does have all these powers, but he's forced to be impotent because of this distrust that his father instilled in him of humanity. So how can a man raised by someone who distrusts humanity become Superman? Right. He can't, which is why he isn't Superman. Yep. Exactly. Right? It's G- Dave. That's genius thought right there, man. That's, that's what I do. What can I kudos say? Kudos to you, sir. Brilliant. <laughs> All right. 
And our last matchup is a three-way matchup. The only character on the on the roster of superheroes that could possibly do this. And that's, of course, Spider-Man. We have the original 2002 Spider-Man versus Amazing Spider-Man versus Homecoming. One of those doesn't... One of these things is not like the other. Uh, so, 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 John, out of those three, which is the best and why? Well, the best movie... I think is homecoming, but again, but again, one of these things is not like the other Spider-Man and amazing Spider-Man are origin stories and homecoming isn't an origin story. It's Spider-Man already like, you know, into his career. So a little bit of a difference there, but as far as the, as far as the acting and the setup, I mean, I, it's hard. Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. I, Let's toss that one out right away. Um, <laughs> but Spider-Man, you know, I mean, it it's hard. I like Homecoming better, but only because only because it's so well done. Um, but Spider-Man itself was again one of, another one of those genre beginning movies, you know. And it was, and it's done by Raimi, who who. I think killed it. I mean, uh, and you know, it also, it also did stuff like, you know, his um, he didn't create his web shooters. It it was all organic, that sort of thing. Um, I don't know. I, like I, I, I'm, I'm going to say homecoming because I, I, I love the way it was done. And I, I think it's an even more accurate portrayal than the original, but, but this, I, I don't, we couldn't do without the original Spider-Man Raimi movie. Okay, good. I like that. JD? I'm going to echo a lot of what John said. Homecoming tricked us into being Spider-Man 2, right? They yeah, skipped yeah. it. They, they skipped it. Like, there's, and that's um, Spider-Man. The problem with Amazing Spider-Man is they basically remade Spider-Man, but it wasn't as good, right? The performances aren't as good. The origin isn't as well done. The villain isn't as memorable. Like, it's just, it comes off as a low-rent version. So by the time Marvel comes around, like they know they don't have to do the origin story anymore. They don't have to kick it off. So they're comfortable enough to just launch homecoming into a, a well-worn universe, you know, like we know it's like, we get it. Spider-Man, the original has different goals. Like we're still at a time when we have blade and X-Men and that's the mm-hmm. only Marvel movies that are out at this point. The DC franchises are, are dead. We know we're still three years away from, uh, Batman Begins. So the goals are a lot different. Like this time around, you have to bring the Uncle Ben story in, right? And it's well done. I mean, like they do, like, okay, they're doing the Ramita Spider Man, the Stan Lee, John Ramita, Jerry Conway Spider Man. That is the right. Sam Raimi movie. And they do a very good job bringing that to life. But again, like you do get the metal green, the, 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 the metallic green goblin, which I don't think ages very well, especially when you had Willem Dafoe's face who could have actually done, but you know, different story. Um, (laughs) He was a goblin face. I mean, yeah, he has, I was like, all you do is, hey, Willem Dafoe, look like a goblin. And he'd be like, oh, that's it. You know, he didn't have to do that. So, I mean, I think that was a mistake, but I think his portrayal as Norman Osborn is really good. And I think that Toby doesn't quite live up to the Peter Parker that I grew up with or that I know and love. Yeah. But I liked it. I liked his performance. I liked Mary Jane. I really like Kirsten Dunst in that movie. I think it all. I think it all works very well. The, the Peter we get in Homecoming is Ultimate Spider, the original Ultimate Spider-Man. Right? That is not the Spider-Man any of us really grew up with. We all grew up with the older Spider-Man. 
in the six one six. This is the Brian Bendis Spider Man, uh, and Tom Hall. Yeah. Tom Holland nails it. He nails it. He's perfect. And that's you know, uh, Marissa Tomei plays the uh, that version of Aunt May is a lot closer to the Ultimate Aunt May than than yes. it's not even not even close. Not there's still major differences with that, but it's still nothing like the Aunt May we've gotten in the six one six. So I they're didn't know very that. they're very different. They're very very different. I didn't know um, the hot Aunt May was in the Ultimate Universe. <laughs> it's not. It's not. She's younger, but she's not quite like that. Like they jokingly called her the Cokie Roberts Aunt May because she did look kind of like Cokie Roberts at the time. Like mm-hmm. she was older, but not like invalid. You know, this is a forty-something Aunt May who logically has a, a teenage nephew. You know, right. it makes it makes more sense. They're very different. And I agree with John. Like I really like Homecoming as a movie, but it can it, it's able to exist on its own because of the heavy lifting done by spider-man so this is a tough one for me like and i don't know if i can make a decision i'll say i'll say homecoming because it has the benefit of of being part of 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 a marvel system that really works and didn't have to do all the the knocking of walls down that raimi had to do 20 years ago we were able to go straight into yeah a real situation and having to tell the uncle ben killing uncle ben again (laughs) and have a studio comfortable enough to let characters be what they are and not have to reinvent things you know to like like why can't the green goblin why does the green goblin have to be a guy in the suit Hmm. you know why can't peter have web shooters you know like that's that's confidence in the source material that was really just starting to be a thing in the early 2000s And, and that that's that's the point um it treated us like we were intelligent yeah you know, like the Amazing Spider-Man treated us like we were idiots. Oh, we have to kill Uncle Ben again, or you know, if the- but it's but it's like they fall. They just they did what they thought you had to do. Like that's what Hollywood says. Like, oh, you're gonna reboot it. You got to do the origin. It's same as Batman Begins. Yeah. We get the origin again, and then like Batman Superman, we get it again. You know, like we we get it. We understand. Marvel has the confidence to just bring that out. That's hard, and that's not something that would have happened 20 years. ago. It's not. Yeah, so yeah. this this is a hard one, Dave. I'm gonna go push. Yeah. Because they're so different. Like it's the same character, but it's different. They're so different. I definitely agree with the um it is ultimate versus original because <laughs> ultimate is ultimate is an updated origin. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh well what if he became Spider Man in the two thousands versus in the sixties, it makes more sense, you know, like uh being a freelance photographer for a newspaper as a kid, you probably really can't do that anymore. And, you um, newspapers anymore, you know? Yeah. Well, like the, they have newspaper websites, so you can do it, right. you know. Which is what he was doing in the comic. I mean, like it's a little ahead of time. Peter was the webmaster yes. of the Daily Bugle website in the Ultimate Universe. Uh, but, you know, I'm sorry. It's, it's Andrew Garfield or nothing. Really? No, I'm no. kidding. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, wow, that's a hot take. Yeah. <laughs> I was mind boggled for a minute there. Uh... <laughs> I was saying, how's Dave going to justify this? So I don't, I mean, I don't know either because my only issue with homecoming is that, and it's my issue with all of the post um, civil war Marvel movies is does the whole thing work by itself? No. Right. Exactly. Like his, he got the costume actually in civil war. Mm -hmm. He, there is no origin. He's just Spider-Man. And I understand like, we don't want to retell the origin again, but you know, it's, it's isn't it Iron Man Part Twenty? Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's Iron Man Part Twenty. It's but it, not, but it's still treating us like we're like intelligent beings. It's like 
okay, you, you don't, you, they didn't have to waste an entire movie going, okay, here's Uncle Ben. Oh, Uncle Ben died. Okay, you know, Spider Man's really sad. It's like, it's Marvel going, okay, you but guys they don't are even... fans. We know why you're here. You're fans. You know who Spider Man is. Let's get to the action. No, I don't buy that. Um, I think part of the, because, and, and again, I get I get that you people don't want to see the origin ever again, but there's no they don't even touch on it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like there's Plus, no It's Spider Man two. They got away with giving us Spider Man two without with skipping Spider Man one. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's the whole thing. It's like they don't even touch on his origin at all. And but it's that's ballsy. fine. So balls. And it and, and most people think that. And that's why the movie does work. But like I said, the reason I can't pick is Dave's spot on. Like it doesn't it can't exist on its own. Can't like, if you saw no other Marvel movies and you went and watched Homecoming, it doesn't work. Who is Robert Downey Jr.? What is this guy? What are these people? What's going on? Right. What, when? Why did aliens attack New York before the credits? What the hell? Yeah, no, you're <laughs> right. You're right. It doesn't... And the, none of the Marvel movies post... None of the, the second wave beyond Marvel movies work on their own. But they're not supposed to. Right. Like, that's a feature. That's not a That's not a flaw. Like, like that's... It's like I said, we've talked about it in the show. It's it's a TV franchise now more than a movie franchise. Yeah. So But I get it. I think you're right. So I don't know. I, I'm I'm torn. I really am. Uh between two two of them. It's kind of why maybe Amazing Spider Man wins, because I can't pick between the other two. No? No, that doesn't work no. either. That's like it's a King not. Solomon's choice. Oh, we'll cut the baby in half. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh all right. All right, fine. I will go. I'm sorry. Um I'll, I'll go with the nostalgia and go with uh, uh, Toby Maguire Spider Man. You know, I'm surprised you made that pick. I understand exactly why you did it, and it makes complete sense. So, all that right. was fun. That was that was way more. Uh, it was way more fun than I thought that was going to be. Dave, good call this week. Hmm. All right. On that note, I think we can wrap it up with some recommendations for our audiences. Audiences. <laughs> Audience. <laughs> uh, so, so JD, you have any recommendations for our? Audience? I started a book, um, reading a book. I'm, I'm oh, gonna write, okay. I want to write a ghost story coming up, and I don't know how to do it. So, um, just how to portray it. So, I went and picked up one of like the most famous ghost story books of the the latter half of the 20th century, and that was Peter Straub's Ghost Story. And um, I remember seeing the movie when I was a little kid. It had a, a young, super hot Alice Krieg in it, but I don't remember. I don't remember a lot of it. So reading this is like, it's not tripping anything. Like as far as memories go for me, it's a weird book, man. It's like super, super weird. If you're looking for uh, something anywhere after Halloween, but if you're looking for, you know, something spooky, that's a little bit older and not, uh, not modern, like a, a more of a classic book. Let me recommend Peter Straub's ghost story. I'm not done with it yet, but I'm really enjoying it. Cool. Cool. John. Well, in the world of anime, um, on Netflix, there's a new show called Blood of Zeus. It's not really anime. It's it's American animation, pretty much. Um, no no subtitles. Uh, but it's done pretty well, actually. What's it about? Sounds cool. Uh, I, like the, I like the title. It, it's, it, it, as it says in the beginning of the, the uh, first episode... It's one of the tales of of the gods that uh, that didn't make it out of the age of um, of verbal storytelling, like one of the ones that were never written down. Um, it's about another one of Zeus's children, hmm. um, another hero. But it's but it's it's actually executed very well. So that's something you could check out. Sounds cool. 
Cool. Dave? Um, well, of course, I'm going to recommend... Uh, well, first, I recommend that you go to SuperheroSpeak.com, where you can find the podcast every week. Uh, links to all our social media at the top of the page. Um, and, of course, we have a couple more comic book reviews that were just put up there by our good friend okay. D-Square. And uh, more coming this week. But I'm going to recommend, number one, make sure you're watching The Mandalorian, because I'm sure we're going to keep talking about it. Because hmm. um, we're all old and we love Boba Fett. And, you know, now that he's on the show. Who don't love uh, Boba Fett? Come on, man. Let's see where this goes. Um, is he going to die this time? Is he going <laughs> to die this time? Um, he's like, the he, he's what, what's the South Park character? He's like Kenny. He's the Kenny of some... But uh, we had a, uh, a follower on Twitter reach out to us, uh, Crystal Vegan, and um, she recommended her book, and uh, I I quite enjoyed it, so I'm going to recommend it for anyone who has small children. It's called Robbie Zero, Supergirl Hero, and uh, it's a book about a girl superhero. Um, she gets bullied in school, and then uh, her bully ends up in trouble, and she has the ability to get him out of trouble. So will she? That's the question. So, um, yeah, I think people should check it out. And uh, um, thank you, Crystal, for recommending it to us. So, all right. On that note, boys and girls, as always, thanks for listening. Don't let you get caught in the door. Have a good week.